Hey guys, Dominic Neshi and the lovely TV Rubinat. Hello Dom, how are you doing? I'm so good. It's so good to be back on the show, back in the office. The holidays was lovely, but um, there's something to being back here, being on the podcast and, you know, just chatting to our audience, talking to our clients and getting back on that wealthy bandwagon. I know. And it was a, a hard landing for you because the rest of us were in the office last week. So we had our time to like come up to speed and you're like, bam. <laughs> and I was exciting. I jumped straight into it. Today's day two of me being back from holidays. Um, it was fun, very restful break. I got to sit and think probably more than necessary. But I, what I wanted to talk to everybody today was the, the property strategies of 2021. So whilst I was on that break, all that I could think about was what the hell am I going to be buying next? How many properties can I buy this year? And what does that look like? And I know that you're always thinking about what properties you want to buy. So this is a, probably a topic that resonates with you. Yeah, 100%. I sort of did a full 360 thinking about that last year. My situation was very particular because I was waiting for my Australian passport to come in. So that would enable me to release equity and do a few things. The passport arrived early December. So now I'm in the whole mortgaging process to probably start uh, buying around Feb this year. And I'm, I've already decided what I want. This is exciting. So this is great. I, I thought that in this podcast, it would be great to share with you some of our personal buying experiences um, what we're thinking, how we approach it, um, and you know, share with you some of our concerns, some of our excitement, some of our anxieties, and the way that we're going about it. Now, Tiffy and I are different from the majority of our clients because we've already acquired many properties, um, but there are it's still relevant to some of the early buyers because you can think about what this means for you after your second, third, or fourth property. But then also there are quite a few of our clients now that own multiple properties and they're saying, well, what do we do now? What's the next step? Exactly. And also I, I want to be mindful that um, we all had to start at some point. And I didn't start that long ago. It was two years ago. Mm. January 2019. We're in January 2021. And two years flew by, right? Yeah. Uh, so when you're trying to think, uh, yeah, but it looks so far away. If you think about where you were standing two years ago, I've seen so many things change, right? So time goes by, your properties grow, you reap the rewards and you're ready to keep building that portfolio. You just need to start. Get started. Mm. I say this every single freaking episode. Just get started. It's time in the market. Don't worry about timing it. Coincidentally, it is good timing, but just get in. Um, I'm glad, actually, I don't want to deviate, but there's many, many of my friends, family that have been reaching out. So, you know, um, thanks for reaching out. We, we love that you're all starting. And we're noticing that there's so many more clients jumping into the market. So that's awesome. There is. And for me, we, we have the Wealthy and Español podcast. And amazingly enough, because this week is the launch of season two, uh, I've had different people reaching out from the Latin community mostly. And not just people in Australia, but also people from overseas, right? And that's when you start seeing, okay, like, this is starting to ramp up very, very quickly. 
the demand has begun. Yeah. So without further ado, there are four things that I'm thinking about this year uh, in particular. So, you know, not to get overexcited, but I want to buy a, I'm, I'm tossing up between many options. One is buying a development site. Two is buying a holiday home. Three, it's buying my own home. And four, it's buying a premium off the plan property. Mm, I think we need to deep dive. We're going to deep dive into each one of those. Should we start with the development site? Yes, let's start with the development site. So many of you uh, would have heard me last year talking about my my now fiance Charlotte, the fact that she bought a property. We bought something in that Penrith area. We're taking advantage of the western suburbs of Sydney. It's affordability. You're close to the airport. There's many developments going in that are changing people's lives. We love that energy, that steam. Um, both fortunately and unfortunately, uh, what we had as a strategy is we bought one home and we wanted to buy the home next door. Now, that area has grown significantly since we first bought the property. Yeah. And How long ago was that? About 12 months. Okay, so in 12 months, you've seen already prices grow significantly. Nearly 100K. Wow. Yeah. That That's massive. That's massive. It sucks because I'm the one that's buying next door and it, it might cost me quite a lot more. Hopefully my neighbor's not listening to this podcast. I don't want to pay you $100,000 more. <laughs> But look, the reason why I'm thinking about a development and you're also thinking about a development as well is because once you've advanced your portfolio, you've got a stable foundation, you've got income coming in. I'm in a fortunate position where my portfolio It's a positively geared portfolio. It makes me um, a good amount of passive income every single month. And what I want to do is add multiple properties to our portfolio. So I'm fortunate where if I can buy next door, um, we will effectively be able to put between eight and 10 townhouses on our site. Now, I'm looking at it as a bit of a land banking opportunity yes. where... Um, It will be a little bit of a negatively geared property. Mm. It will cost me quite a lot of money up front, both buying the property, but then renovating it, getting it back up to scratch and being able to rent it out. Yes. So it's one of the biggest drawbacks and what's sort of preventing me is, like many of you, I've got a full-time job. Yes. It's, you know, uh, I'm partly own this business and this takes a lot of energy. So I was going to say a few things of what I like that you're doing and things to be mindful of. Yeah. So I actually like that you didn't start developing first because I I like that you build a portfolio before you take higher risk. Mm. Okay. So you already have a positively geared portfolio. It's bringing cash in and you can go for higher risk, higher reward types of strategies. When you think about developing from a timeline's perspective, it could take five years easily. Like just like this, five years from like you have this idea now and you start going through the motions till you get all of the council approvals, the construction begins and it's all done and dusted. So again, yeah, five years will go by, but our five years of a lot of energy going into that and a lot of money. And it can put you in a very difficult situation if you've not built a strong, solid foundation in your portfolio first. Absolutely. Um, Tiffy's 100% right. I've got a property development background. My father works in construction. 
Um, I've, I used to work at a property developer. Mm. I've got many property developer friends. And I'm fortunate enough to not be naive about it. I, for instance, I love that you are wanting that. I would not want to be doing that. And I have a lot of passion for this industry. I believe in it. And I'm willing to deal with a lot of things going on in my own properties, like not best quality tenants, this and that. At this stage where I'm at, I'm not willing to go through what you're suggesting. Well, what I'm suggesting would require me to spend, you know, $75,000 as a deposit. Then I'd have to pay stamp duty, add another 30,000, it's 100K. Mm, yes. Then I'd have to renovate. That's going to be another 30 to 40, $50,000. Yeah. So it's a, let's say 150K. Then there are the planning requirements. Then I've got to talk to an architect, a town planner. Um, I'd have to get a surveyor. I'd have to go get a number of engineering. I have to do soil tests. This takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It's not something that I would want to do overnight. It's something that I'd have to plan and I'd have to just keep on putting cash into this thing over a long time frame. I'm not a full-time developer. I'd be a part-time developer. Exactly. And also, it's a decision that you need to take with Charlie because it, it will impact the amount of time that you will be able to spend with her. Like, it's, it's a decision that if you're doing this with a partner, you need to be doing together, really. Absolutely. Even if it's you managing the construction and not her, it, it affects both of you, right? That's right. And, mm. and you know... This is going to be just to get a little bit more personal. So Charlotte and I are looking at sometime in the future having babies. Yes. And then Charlotte will, will go will go down from um, two incomes down to one income. Mm. So then very important to yeah. bear that in mind. So you need to, we need to start considering. Well, what does that look like? Can I effectively service all this debt by myself? Um, will I be able to just keep on putting out tens of thousands of dollars in cash to develop and to spend all this time and energy? as well as run a business. Yes. And, you know, balancing the two things, something's going to give. Will my relationship suffer? Exactly. And I want to throw this out there. And we've not had this conversation, right? We're having it for the first time in the podcast. Dom is an optimist. I want to consider myself more, not of a pessimist, a I'm a realist. So when Dom thinks he can achieve this, he'll, he'll be thinking like, I can do it in three years. And I'm like, no, no, consider a more realistic scenario of five, right? Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. My intention, again, is what I was saying. I would want to pace it out, do it slowly. Mm. Um, I'd want to use as little debt as possible. So there's there's a lot of moving parts. Now, the benefit is obvious. Yeah, of You know, course. if I do it right, there's eight to ten townhouses, you know, without getting too much into my personal affairs, I ideally wouldn't be using... I'd be using some debt, but not as much as many other developers would be using. And we'd be in a circumstance where I've got multiple incomes mm. coming from some unencumbered assets, which is where you eventually want to get to. Exactly. Can I ask, and maybe you don't want to answer this question, but in that, let's assume you can build 10 ton houses. Is your plan to keep hold on to the 10 of them? Sell some? Like what I'd want to sell um, about half. Okay, so five you keep for buy and hold strategy and five you just sell. Clear as much debt as you can. Okay, great. Yeah. So 
that's my development site idea. I know that you've got some quasi development ideas as well. Yes, my my type of development is um, in the scale of what you're mentioning. It's smaller. It's smaller in money. It's smaller in the amount of time required and the amount of people I need to actually involve in the process. Right. So it's a short process. So what I'm thinking of is I've. I'm very different to Dom in my strategy and I've started with a cash flow strategy where I have probably the downside of going to places that have lower quality of tenants, which are more problematic. In 2020, I landed in one of my houses twice at tenancy tribunal and not got paid. So that's the downside. The upside is that now I'm thinking of buying let's say, um, small apartment complex. So I would want to escalate the amount of incomes in my next uh, investment. And maybe it's like a, a small apartment that has like six apartment units. That would be my ideal. This is what I want, whether I can actually land that. I, I'm, I have to see yet, yet to be seen, right? But that's what I'm aiming for. And one thing to just, I need to stress this. <laughs> Tiffy has a much higher pain threshold than other people. When she says she's been to tribunal twice, it's not just going to court. Yeah. There's dealing with lower socioeconomics where people are being broken into, where rent isn't coming in for a long period of time, mm. where things are breaking, yes. where you've <laughs> got to go paint. You, there's, There are so many moving parts with what Tiffy does that it's – both an emotional drain. Yes, it is. A cash 100%. drain, yeah. a time drain, and then it takes experience, a lot of effort, at training, and it's not It's not simple. So the, we can glorify multiple incomes in one breath, mm. and then you can certainly bring it back to make it realistic. 100%. And I've thought this through on the next step. And this is my sacrifice of dealing with a lot of things that can happen. And it this year, I know it will require a lot of my energy to deal with that. Knowing that in my following investment purchase, I want to go for a um, completely different type of strategy. And now bumping up and going for a great quality of tenant. So I'm doing this next sacrifice, I'm calling it, just to accelerate that cash flow coming in so that then I can go for a more passive type of strategy. Yeah. So this is important. What we're discussing here is the way you you create, start a portfolio, but then also the way a portfolio will evolve over time and then how you want to service it or how it's going to service you 100 and everyone has different objectives for me i've i'm a person who loves planning and of course plans change but i love planning and in my planning the future i discussed it with my partner max and we defined we're willing to sacrifice not having our own home for the next five years because we want to buy our own home the moment that our passive income for our investment properties pays for that mortgage. Makes sense. Okay. So I'm delaying and I'm sacrificing that. A lot of people are not willing to sacrifice their own home. And that's fine. We're all different. What I want is not necessarily what you want. Well, you know, let's change the order a little bit because it's a really good segue. Yes. Um, one of the other things that I'm considering is buying my own home. Okay. So I'm going to ask you. Mm. Let's assume money is not 
an issue, right? Like you have tons of money coming in and, and you're not considering if I use this certain budget for my own home, then I'm restricted to keep doing other stuff. What would you love to have as your own home? I'm so I've moved to to the east. I live in Koji now and I just want to live here for a long time. Yes. You know, I, I would love to go buy a party place. I want to entertain. I want to be over the water. I want to spend too much money on my own home. You and I are very similar in that we love being social and being able to host people. That's exactly right. Yes. It's a host's place. Yes. So that's that's what I really want. Now, you know, what's beautiful about where I live is it's got so many beautiful walks and it's hilly and it's very aspirational. Yes, it is. 100%. We live both. We live in the same suburb, Koji, eastern suburbs of Sydney. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's you know, you've got apartments which range from, you know, a, 900,000 up to, or even a little bit less, like but they're shitty, shitty apartments, up to you know, two, three, four, five million dollar apartments. And then you've got houses which can be 20, 30, 40 million, or maybe not 40, but 30 million dollars. Um, and, you know, I've got really big eyes and aspirations and you walk away around and it's easy to get captivated by that. Now, the other thing is, as I was saying earlier, is now that I'm thinking about, well, my next step's having babies and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, you, you look at places like Koji, you know, you look at the affluent areas, there isn't a lot of supply. There is certainly a heap of demand. And especially now, I don't see those, those areas going down in value. Oh, I don't see them going down in value either. Yeah, I see them growing in value rapidly, especially over the next three, five years. Now, there's certain things, there's certain advantages that come from buying your own home. The biggest one is it's a huge tax advantage. Now, this isn't financial planning or any financial advice. We're Go talk to your yes. accountant. <laughs> We're not qualified to give this advice. But if you talk to your accountant, you may hear something along the lines of if you buy your own home, when you resell it, you don't pay you don't pay any capital gains tax. Now, many many affluent people that I know, property developers, they bought their own home, say so spent a million dollars, and then a couple of years later they develop it, then they sell it for one and a half or two million. So you've got a million dollars in equity that you paid no tax on. Exactly. Then they've got a two million dollar budget. They go pour it back in. They buy a two million dollar home. They wait a little bit of time. They make sell it for three. That's a great advantage and that's if you want to sell ideally we always say this in er almost every episode we love building wealth that's why we are at wealthy and for us it's about accumulating assets not necessarily trading them yeah so this the the this strategy is great if you've got um the time if you've got the cash yep so for me to execute this strategy, I would need to sell a bunch of my property, pay tax, pay agents. I'd need to get between half a million and a million in cash yeah. and then be exposed to the market and have to go roll it all in to get a huge amount of debt. Yes. And then you have to bear in mind, you don't have the passive income coming from your current investment properties and you have to service a massive debt, right? So you need to have... With no rent. Exactly. Yeah. You need to have planned this ahead because... And also, I like thinking about assets in this way. You don't need to agree with me. I think assets put money in your bank account. 
liabilities take money out of your bank account. When people think their own home is their biggest asset, I think that's a huge mistake. That's the Robert Kiyosaki way of thinking. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's most of the population. I Because you could easily go and spend 500K or 3 million in your own home and neither or will put money into your bank account. Now, you are in a very advanced stage as an investor, so you know how you can use your own home to keep investing. And that's why it's very important to tell our audience that we're discussing strategies that are not appropriate in our opinion for first home buyers. Yeah, it's first home buyers are a different kettle of fish because yes. you know, depending on how you're thinking about it, you might be using it just for the grants. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of people that are buying their first home and think it's going to be their forever home. And then two years later, they've outgrown it, right? Yeah, that's right. And you, your tastes change. And then you realize, hey, I don't like to be this far up a hill and I want to be closer to the beach. Yeah. Or I want to be, you know, closer to this area because there's better quality schools. So your taste will change, your budget will change. So that, that, that's the reason why we say to people, first home buyers, this isn't your forever home. Don't think it is. Primarily, you should use that first investment as an investment and use it as a way to build your wealth. Exactly. Um, but buying the first home, I see why people, buying your own home, I see why it's attractive. It's The emotional component is huge. It's a lot of people dream their entire lives with that. Yeah. For a lot of people, depending on where you come from, maybe in your family, your parents were ne never able to buy mm. their own home. And it's that one thing that you want to achieve in life. So th that's where, instead of being a rational decision, it becomes emotional. I've never bought my own home. I've bought only investments. I'm very mindful of the day that that day will come and I know I will be emotional. There's no way I can leave emotions out. So I'd so rather go and do it right and tick four out of my five boxes of what I want in my own home, which I understand it's not an investment. See, and that's 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 Tiffy's side. Mm. But but the way that your own home can be an investment is if you're active in it. You're buying a really good site you're developing it, you're doing upgrades. Yeah. So, you know, you're buying the house, but then you're also put, putting money into it and increasing its value. Of course. Then you're flipping it, you're selling that property and you're buying something bigger and nicer. That capital gains tax-free. And this is the way your own home can be an investment, but it requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of cash. It takes uh, a certain amount of experience and expertise. 100%. Everything takes more time than you think. Everything costs more than you think. And you will be living in a site that it's under renovation for big parts of that time if you're flipping, right? So you it need sucks. To, it sucks. You've done it. Yeah. You've done it in 2020, really. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So how much pain do I want this year? I don't know. You're <laughs> just trying to escalate your pain. That's good. There's yeah. like no pain, no gain, right? Yeah, yeah. So the own home strategy, something I like, definitely considering it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. So you're you're definitely wanting to stay in Koji. So that's what you have defined already. Yeah, I want to stay in Koji. I want to stay in the eastern suburbs. So if I'm buying my own home, it's going to be costly. Shall we move on to holiday home? So a lot of the... A lot of the um, reasons why I love Kuji yes. is I love getting up in the morning, waking up, seeing the ocean in front of me, walking down to the beach. I run into you sometimes yes. while I'm running and you're jogging 
we're running in different directions and going for a swim. It's a very active lifestyle and it feels like a holiday. It does. As in this morning, I woke up at 6 a.m. and decided that before coming into the office, I simply wanted to go and have breakfast at the beach. Right? It's nice. It's a great way to start the day. Amazing. It was a lovely day. It was like a proper summer day. And what I've realized is, especially with how the world's changed, COVID, working, we work a couple of days from home, you know, it's it's feasible for you to go by and live in a beautiful home, but spend far, far less than what would require than in Coogee. So you could go buy a holiday home up or down the coast. You could be, depending on what you want, go, I'm thinking currently spending, let's just say, 750000 Okay. Buying a house that's near or on a beach or having a beach suburb, being mm. very close to the water and, you know, renting it out Airbnb for a large chunk of the year. Yeah. And then using it intermittently. So it is a good investment strategy in that there will be enough income to cover the debt. Yes. But then it's also a high quality property or good quality property that in 10 or 15 or 20 years, it's still there. Yes. And it's also a lifestyle thing. So I like it because, again, I want to be able to entertain. I want to be able to have that lifestyle, to live near the beach and have all these really good things but not at a two or three million dollar price tag. hundred percent. Now, realistically speaking, do you see yourself, let's say that you could go and buy this property tomorrow. Mm. You have the money, you just go and buy it. Do you see yourself in the next two years being able to spend much time working from there? See, this is practically. So practically, again, it's going to be very difficult. You've got to go find the property. It's probably going to be shitty. You'll have to renovate it. Mm. Pain in the ass. Heaps of cash. Then you've got to do Airbnb or you've got to do short-term rental if you want to use that property. Now, with short-term rentals, I don't know if any of you are doing it, but there are a lot of moving parts. You've got to move tenants in and out. You may get an agent that's very costly. It's very expensive. And... There is a huge time and cash investment in this thing. How much time I want to put into this activity, it's fairly limited. Yeah. Um, and I know the next fourth option we're going to be discussing is um, off the plan. Now, I know you like premium off the plan. Yeah. So if I give you the choice, and now we'll discuss premium, but would you consider versus premium off the plan a holiday off the plan? Maybe. Maybe. But you would prefer the premium one. And now you'll explain why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never I never like to do anything in halves. Mm. I don't want to try and fit too many requirements into my one thing. So if I'm going to go buy a holiday home, I'm going to go buy the holiday home that I want. Yes. I'm going to buy something that's probably run down as close to the water as it possibly can be. Yeah. It's going to be shitty. It's going to need a lot of work. Um if I'm going to go buy something off the plan and it's going to be premium, I want to go buy the best quality premium thing that I can get that's going to get me the capital growth and it's yes. going to be a good quality passive investment. So these are two different tracks. I don't want to put them both together because yes. I'll get neither. They're very, exactly, and they're very different. And I always say this, let's do one thing and really well. If you want a holiday home, it needs to serve the purpose of being close to the water and being an actual holiday home. If it's 
and off the plan and you want that premium of the plan, it might not be on a holiday destination. It will be where you can see the growth of the suburb and how the property will appreciate significantly. That's right. So the holiday home is going to be in areas where there is relatively low employment opportunities. Mm. Um, Population growth will be limited. Um, It's going to be in areas that um, are probably slower moving. So as an investment, it's probably not the best investment. And because you mentioned Airbnb, it's not so passive. No, it's active. So it's not a great investment. It's It's not passive. It takes a lot of time. Um, but again, it's an emotional thing. It is. It is. I do believe that it's after your own home, it's that next m- emotional decision, really. Yeah, my friends, we've been talking about it for years and I've, I've have, have had the luxury of staying at friends' families' houses. You know, they bought it 20 years ago in like Foster or something and it's a beautiful house that they've been going. They've got many mm. happy memories there and their kids have all been there. Can I predict something? What? I think at the stage you're at, that you don't have kids yet. Mm. It's not as much of, as a priority. Once you have kids, you want to see yourself spending the time with the family on that holiday home. Mm. And that's when it probably like moves a few levels up in your priority list. And for we're talking 2021 and what we want to do. I think all other options for you are higher in that list. Yeah, so this is now where we'll move on to premium property. Yes. It's... You can get to a point in your portfolio where you'll say, hey, do I want to, when, at what point do I want to start enjoying my money and making emotional decisions? Or do I want to keep on pushing harder? Have you defined when? No, I haven't. I, I, I think I'm, this is why we're having the discussion today. <laughs> I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at a, a premium off the plan investment I like it because it's in Melbourne. I can put in a 10% deposit. There's good government, there's good um, uh, developer incentives. It's in a very beautiful area that I know will grow. There'll be enough rent in the asset to cover the debt. Um, it's a good investment. It's going to take near no effort. Yes. I, I feel confident that in the 12 months that it takes for it to complete, it will grow in value. Mm, That's great. And I can use all of my time, attention and energy in the thing that matters most, which is wealthy. It's servicing our Mm. clients. It's looking for good quality investment opportunities. So that's another very good viable option for me because personally, what matters most is wealthy, top of the list. Yes. And then investment's really important mm. because uh, you know you want to still have other investments outside of your business or your health, your work um, and it will take not as much time away from what matters most to me that's very important now whenever we sit down with clients trying to understand what they do for a living what they're trying to achieve it's always really important and what you just mentioned is you have a full-time job and wealthy it's growing super fast and it's taking a lot of your energy right so when you started with the development side is now the right time i know you really want it it's it all comes down to like there's only 24 hours in a day right Mm. and i agree with you that a premium of the plan which is super passive it's a great investment of course you have the chance of making significantly more money with that development but it's completely different 
So this is, you know, the reason why I wanted to share these, these, the things that we're thinking with you all out there is I feel like many of you have similar thoughts yourself, you know, um, and the way that I'm trying to make this decision is based on my priorities, what matters most to me and trying to stay focused with that strategy. And priorities do change they and do. that's fine. You plan, you have certain priorities, things happen and you have to adjust, adjust right? Um, so, so that's it for me. I, I have defined when I want to start enjoying life. It's hard, I'm pushing myself hard, but I said that once I achieve financial freedom, okay? So financial freedom for those out there, financial independence is when I'm, my passive income covers my cost of living. And that to me is being wealthy. So I'm willing to delay certain things and sacrifice certain things till then. And I'm willing to do that. Not everyone, not everyone is Tiffy. And maybe what I'm saying right now in two years time changes, who knows, right? Well, just I'm gonna just to be a little bit personal. So Tiffy makes sacrifices. Yes. You know, not everyone's willing to do that. You don't have to have a roommate, but you do have a roommate. I do have a roommate because I want to save as much as possible to invest as much as possible. So you, your priorities are clear. You yes. want financial independence. You want all your passive income to cover all your life expenses before. Before You'll I go, exactly, and buy my own home, for instance. And before Maxi starts buying nice cars. Exactly, exactly. And he's willing to make those sacrifices. That was a joint decision. That's why it's so important to want the same things and have discussed those things before getting more serious. Well, that's really important as well because I know clients come to us, we had a, you know, a partners come to us today and they haven't discussed what, how they want to invest. Yeah. How much debt do they want to get? What type of property? What type of, do they want to buy their own home? Do they want to buy two properties? What sacrifices are they willing to make? These are all important decisions that you, or conversations you need to have in advance. Um, again, one thing that's for sure is this year, I want to buy as much property as I can. In an ideal world, if I can buy two on that list. 100%. I will buy two. Now that's a conversation that I need to have with my broker. We're gonna have to figure out how much debt I can go and get. Mm. Um, I'll need to review my portfolio this year and have a look at what assets are still serving me. And are which performing best to what you wanna achieve. Do, if I need to sell an asset, I know I don't want, I often don't want to sell yes. them, but if it's not achieving the things that I needed to, or if it's not in service of my greater strategy, sell it. Yeah, you treat it as a business. Exactly if, right. if it performs, Dom sometimes gets bored and he thinks about selling just because he wants to do stuff. And I'm like, is it performing? Don't sell it. Now, if something isn't performing as good as it could, if you were to go and develop, then go and sell it because that money, you can do it for something even bigger. Go make your money work harder for you. Um, and that's exactly right. As Tiff is saying, so you got to constantly, and we do this with all of our clients. This mm. conversation is a conversation with all our clients. Yes. Many of our clients that are listening are familiar and they're nodding their head. We will review your portfolio. We'll have a look at what the asset's doing. Is it on track? Is it doing the things that we believe that it should be doing? Are there things in your portfolio that are not um, uh, tax efficient? Um, is this area not performing because things have happened or changed with the government? Should we sell that and then make the money work harder by buying this, that, or two other things? 100%.
these are it's important to set up the strategy in advance know where you're where you want to go what is what does wealthy mean to you how much passive income do you want before you can go buy your holiday home or your own home or um are you a builder and you've got heaps and heaps of cash mm. and you've got time and you want to go do your own developments and buy your own home that's fine yeah everyone's different that's exactly right cool so is there any other messages you want to leave people with anyone who's watching or listening to this podcast um if any of you have any questions out there about some of the strategies or things that we've discussed reach out send us the text you know facebook whatever let us know if any of you got a great idea about where we should be buying a holiday home i was also open to listening to that yes um, we've unpacked quite a lot in this episode. If you feel like there's some really good value, share it with all your friends. We'd love to meet them all. And um, it's good to be back on the show. It's great to be talking to you all. I can't wait to see more and more of you come through our office. Yeah, I just want to leave everyone with one more message, which is we've discussed from the bottom of our hearts what we're wanting to do and achieve in 2021. Dom is Dom, Tiffy is Tiffy. And this is not meant for everyone. We do receive people, like I've done um, phone calls where people without any prior experience, with little budgets, having not built a portfolio, are suggesting even crazier strategies than what we are talking about today. Mm. So please be mindful of like to always consult with someone who knows what they're doing. If you want to learn about property investing, learn from someone who's in a more advanced stage, right? And yeah, just be careful because we're trying to share our experiences and being honest. But if you're just starting, then you need to start with something significantly simpler. Yeah, I completely agree with Tiffy. This is something that pops up all the time. Don't think that the one property you're going to buy is the only one. No. It doesn't have to achieve all of your outcomes in one hit. We think about it as many, many steps. I've been investing for more than 10 years. I've, we've helped hundreds mm. of clients. So we've got a body of knowledge that we can rely upon when making these decisions. It's important for you to take your time and take very measured steps with your investment, with your investments. And again, seek professional um, advice. I have a financial planner, I have a mortgage broker, I've got a solicitor, I've got my own accountant, I've got a team of professionals that are there that help me. I consult the team around me, I talk to Peter, I talk to the other investment specialists, we get the whiteboard out and then we discuss the different alternatives. It always pays to have a different point of view, but again, from people that know and people that are doing it and have achieved the things that you want to achieve. 100%. So that's it for me, guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Yeah. If you're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, you can always like heart follow the podcast. Um, and see you next time. Catch you all later.